Welcome to Writing Walks. It is Sunday, November 29th, 9.18pm, and I'm your guide, Alex C. Talander. As you can probably tell by the lack of ambient nature sounds, I am not out on a physical writing walk this time. I'm back in my little home studio in my bedroom recording. And that's because I haven't really had the time to go out and do walks or nature walks of any kind, whether I'm recording or not, uh, because my day job at the post office has gone into crazy holiday. It's already been pretty crazy with the COVID level of people ordering so much more online, and now it's just starting to pick up even more with the holiday season kicking into high gear, giving me tons of overtime, which is great for the paycheck, but leaves me little free time when I get back home, and when I do get back home, I'm usually exhausted, and I want to spend it with my family and have little time to do things like go out on riding walks, as much as I really want to. My hope is for the next one, I'm off next weekend for a four-day weekend that I managed to squeeze in here in December. I'm hoping to try and get a riding walk, physical riding walk done then, but we'll see. That'll be for the January episode, so we might have a one from the studio there or one actual writing walk. We'll have to see on that. Anyway, going back to today's writing walk, I'm going to be talking about dreams and then finishing projects and ending the episode as usual with a recommendation. Now, with dreams, uh, that could be two interpretations of kind of what I want to talk about. Now, actually, we'll cover them both. There's the first one, which is using dreams in your writing. And then there's the idea of when you have dreams in your real life, using that in some way to generate stories, use ideas from it to put into your writing. Let's start first with when you're writing dream scenes. They can definitely be a slippery slope in a little way like with flashbacks where they're so fun because they're so freeing. There's no limitations, whatever the confines of your story might be. When you start to write a dream sequence, a dream scene, you have no limitations. You can do anything you want because it's a dream. You can pretty much get away with everything, which is kind of cool because anything can happen, but it can also be dangerous because anything can happen. And then you can enjoy it too much and start doing it more and more. And all of a sudden you're having multiple dream scenes in your book or story. Um, there are definitely some writers who have done this and it's something I tend to shy away from. It's almost like a too easy of a thing too when you want to foreshadow something or set something up later in the plot that you just have thrown a dream and have the person dream about something that relates to it later on. It can be really well done and really well kind of seeded early on and do little details here and there and things like that and then have it relate to the ongoing story. But it can also be kind of lazy writing where you want the character to realize something so you just have them see it in a dream because, as I said, anything can happen in a dream. And then that kind of weakens the story because it's just a giveaway, almost like a MacGuffin in some ways of putting it in with a dream. So not to never use dreams in books or stories. That's okay to do, but just be aware it's a slippery slope. You can get a little too lazy with it, make it a little too easy. One of the things I'd say, put it in if you want to write it, if you want to do it. And then when you move on to the revising and editing stage, See if it's really important to the story and if it needs to be there, if it actually did do its job of being there as a dream sequence, or if it's something that led you to a discovery about the character later on and that you could 
possibly cut out and still have the story, you know, stand on its own and be strong. Now, moving on to when you have dreams in real life and using those in stories. I'm trying to think if I've ever actually used a dream like in, in one of my stories. I may have used little bits here and there, but really not that much, mainly because I'll have dreams and I'll be thinking, even at the time, if I have like that kind of third-person perspective of thinking, this is a really cool story, this crazy stuff that's happening, it's pretty amazing, whatever it might be, a zombie story, you know, end-of-the-world story, whatever it is, something fantastical that you were playing a part in. And part of me is thinking, this is a great story, i got to write this down, you know, make something out of it afterwards. And come the time when I wake up, the question is whether I even remember it or not. Often I won't even remember the story, and that'll be it. It'll be gone. Most other cases where I do remember the story, it turns out to not be that good of a story. <laughs> At the time in the dream, as I was experiencing it, it seemed like a really cool idea. But when you analyze it from a author's perspective, a writer's perspective, with some distance on it, you realize there's actually not much of a story there. Now, there can be hints of ideas, little snippets, things like that, that you can certainly use in stories, ideas that can be used to generate things. Um, and I know a number of people will keep little books, diaries, journals by their bedside, even just a piece of paper and a pen. And then, you know, the key is when you wake up, you don't always remember the dream. Or if you do, it disappears pretty quickly. So that's why you want to have something to write it down real quick. I've also heard feedback from this where you want to make sure if you're going to write down the dream in some way, describe it, you put down as much detail as you can because... Usually you're doing this possibly in the middle of the night when you're half awake. And so the stuff you're scribbling down, if it's not concrete and a lot, you'll end up in the morning reading over what you wrote and it'll be either nonsense or may nothing to you. But meant, you know, at the time, as you just had the dream, they meant, you know, so much more. Whereas now, later on, it's all kind of either in a foreign language or has references and hints that just go way over your head because you never understood what we were trying to say. <laughs> So again, like when you're writing dreams in books, um, you can use dreams, you can use ideas from dreams, but don't expect too much to come out of your dream. Don't expect it to be a truly fantastic story that's never been thought of before. It's your brain kind of, you know, clearing itself out and recycling and refreshing itself. And so weird things can happen, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And you can't always expect it to be a great story to come out of it. So take what you will with it. Again, if you're going to keep a notebook by your side, make sure you take lots of notes as much as you can when you do have that dream. You could even actually, I guess, um, with your phone by your side, as it probably is if it's charging, um, throw on the voice app real quick, unless you're going to disturb your partner. But throw on the voice recorder real quick and then just, you know, recite as much as you can of the dream and what it felt like, what you were thinking, all these different things. And that way, at least you can get as much detail as possible out quickly before things go away. And you can hopefully in the morning have something to work with. Again, you might end up hearing yourself saying some very strange and fun, funny things that, that might end up being something that's entertaining but might not be usable for writing. Let's move on to finishing projects. When I did my episode on how I write a novel, I made a big deal about how there are millions of unfinished manuscripts in the world. And this is true. 
There were also millions of unfinished stories, essays, attempted projects, novellas, whatever you think of. People have tried to do it, and they've only gotten so far and given up or stopped or gotten distracted by something else. Something changed in their lives, they weren't able to finish it. Or they've gotten interested in a new idea that they really want to write instead, and so they've dropped that project. It's normal. It's it's the human creativity. It, it's the human creativity that drives us. It keeps us going. It keeps us generating ideas. That's normal. It's normal to want to write other stuff, especially when it's fresh and new and exciting. And especially if you're still kind of working through your current project and you're at a hard part and you'd like nothing more than to just put it to the side and start this cool, new, fresh idea that you've just gotten. It's important to finish projects because... The more you don't finish projects, the more it's going to become a habit of yours that you will never finish projects. You'll just have all these half-finished stories lying around, and you'll never have a finished product. If you want to get published, if you want people to read your work, this is obviously important. You need to finish stories. You need to finish your projects to have a finished product so you can then begin revising it, editing it, and shaping it into the story you always wanted to tell. It's also important because writing isn't easy. You probably know this already. You should know this already. It's a job. It's work. It's hard. There are some fun parts, some exciting parts. One might even say some easy parts when the writing is going and the flow is going and you're in the zone, whatever you want to call it, and it's just the words are flowing. But there are times when it's hard, when you can't come up with what you want to have happen next, when... It's a scene that you know is going to be hard to do and you just don't want to do it. Or it's a project you've been working on for a really long time and you're just not feeling it anymore and you just want to stop. It's important because, again, if you start stopping, if you don't complete your projects, it's going to become a habit, a slippery slope, as we've already said with dreams, where you won't be finishing anything. And that's obviously something you don't want to be as a writer, is someone who doesn't finish things, doesn't finish their projects. I'm sure there are many writers, if not all writers, can tell of a time when they felt like they didn't want to. There have been tough times working through it. I think I mentioned before about Neil Gaiman's story of how when he's two-thirds of the way through a novel, that's when it's kind of the hardest part, and he's not enjoying it as much, and he always calls up his agent and says... The book is terrible. I don't want to do it anymore. I think it's going to be a flop and a failure, and I don't want to finish it. And then the agent tells him that they that Neil always calls them, calls the agent at this time of, of a project, of a book, with the same issues, and that each time they've had to go back, focus, work hard, and finish it, and it always works out right in the end. It's an important achievement as a writer to be able to finish the project to complete it, to put the end on something. Because then you've achieved something that not as many other people have. You've also had something you can work with. If you have a half-finished story, you can't really edit it and see the full range and goal of the story because you haven't gotten to the ending. I also feel if you're not finishing projects, you're not going to be that good at endings either because you haven't practiced writing them and getting your characters and your story to the ending, whatever it might be and knowing how to work it and shape it and change it in the revision stage. Finishing the project is just another part of being a writer. 
of the stage of writing, a later stage, if you will. It's just one of the steps of being a writer. You come up with the story idea. You start shaping that story, possibly plotting it a little, writing out some notes, and then you start writing it. But that's not it. Then you've got to keep writing it. You've got to finish the story. Then you get to move on to the editing or revising stage, and then the beta reading, and then eventually the publishing, or trying to publish it. But if you take out that middle stage of finishing the story, you can't have anything after it. You can't have any of the fun stuff after it, any of the other parts of being a writer that come with it. So it's important to finish your projects. It's important to learn how you make yourself focus and work and keep going and not give up. And it's one of those things that does come easier and better with practice. Just like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. But especially with writing, the more you keep forcing yourself and working yourself into completing a project, the easier projects will get to be completed. The easier you will get to that ending. Whether it's the right ending or not, you will get to an ending, and then you'll be able to move into the revising stage and fix the ending if it needs fixing. But the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Again, it's just part of the writing process, and it has to be done. So, don't give up on your projects. Stay focused, keep working, and get to the end. The book I wanted to recommend in this episode is The End of Everything by Katie Mack. Katie Mack is a cosmologist and I think an astrophysicist, a doctor, a brilliant scientist, and she's written a book on the end of the universe. Uh, we talk a lot about the Big Bang and how the universe got started. There's lots of books on that, but we don't always talk as much about how the universe is going to end or how it might end. And that's what her book is all about. It's a pretty short book, too. It's only a couple hundred pages. She does spend the first few chapters bringing us up from the Big Bang up to the present with everything that's kind of happened in the universe and, you know, the periods of time that it's 13.8 billion years ago is when the Big Bang happened and then everything that's happened since then. And then she goes into five possible finales for the universe. We have the Big Crunch, the Heat Death, the Big Rip, vacuum decay and the bounce and then she spends multiple chapters on each one and it's just kind of fascinating to hear all these different kind of possibilities of how the universe might end pretty much all of them if there were going to happen are going to happen very far in the future so it's nothing really to worry about except for vacuum decay which literally could happen at any moment it's unlikely but it could happen at any moment and basically everything would end but the good thing is it would happen so quickly we wouldn't even really know about it what I really enjoyed about the book is Mac is really good at just keeping things simple, explaining things to their crucial details, and making it clear and plain for the reader to understand. You don't need to have a science degree or have background in any of these subjects. Um, she really lays that out clearly for you, uses lots of metaphors and similes and everything to kind of put it in perspective. And it's just a really fun voice with the book that kept me interested the whole way. Um, it just keeps you really engaged in the book. So I recommend it. It'll make a great holiday gift for someone too. Just a short little book. Again, a couple hundred pages. And it's a really fascinating subject. So again, that is The End of Everything by Katie Mack. Thanks again for joining me on this Writing Walks from Home. 
again, I hope to have the next one possibly be outside if that can happen. We will see. If not, I will definitely be doing another one for my studio again for January. And my goal is come New Year 2021, which will hopefully be a better year for all of us with everything changing, fingers crossed, that I will be able to go out and do more of the actual walking part of the writing walks. I know it's been a little tough lately with that, so here's hoping that will happen. Thanks again for listening to Writing Walks. If you enjoyed the episode, please let me know. You can reach me at alexctolander at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show in any way, you can do that at our Patreon, patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast, where you can support this show and all the other shows I do and get lots of bonus goodies. So again, that's patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you on the next Writing Walks.